0: All right, well, Jesus Christ, so that's one oh, we recording okay that's one way to start the pod.
1: well, the, that usually happens after the pod. I did that last time. I know Jesus, fuck, man, well,
0: hey, I'm not going to bring that negative energy into the pod no,
1: go- I'm loopy, so I'm bringing good loopy vibes oh good
0: it's It's a good way to start with a bang, not a whimper,
1: yes, sure, I don't know <laughs> that could mean so many different things um anywho um. Feeling a little you know I've had a lot of coffee today. I woke up at eight thirty. I went to gim before work. I'm just like fucking
0: living. This is not good. We're doing a late night episode. We're having a I little Chick fil A Green Lewis sleepover right now. <sighs> and for fuck's sake, man. You you bring in the coffee energy, but you just shake your head and don't say yeah, anything. Yeah, I'm just twitchy,
1: twitchy. Yeah, I'm tweaking in the corner. We Can't have this. We can't <sighs> have this. You know. I,
0: I had I tried really hard to maintain my energy tonight, yeah. uh-huh. and I lost it like in the last thirty minutes. Oh. and then the spill the spill didn't help very much.
1: That should bring bring you back <sighs> to life. Oh, Time no. for life. Um, yeah, it you know big. Well, here's the thing: there was a full moon on Sunday. But I didn't feel it in, in the public, and I only sort of saw it a little bit today. So mm. I'm like, hmm, I don't know what's going on.
0: Well, you know, my Sunday night, I elected to not participate in things. So maybe there was chaos going on. But I oh. had a premonition like a week before this because there was an event I could have gone to last uh-huh, night uh-huh. that I was invited to. Uh-huh. But like whenever the invite was first presented, uh-huh. I was like, you know what? No. I can just tell from a distance. Wow. And it had nothing to do with the event. I'm not slagging the participants mm-hmm. here. I'm just saying I knew somehow, you know, nine days ahead of time. I was like, that's not for me. I can't do it that I mean, night. I already know. I mean. And maybe it's because of the full moon. Maybe I sensed it.
1: Maybe. Eh, yeah, but it was it was mild. The people were real chill. I was like, wow, good vibes here on the good. I feel I feel, you know, God in this chilly tonight.
0: I don't know, man. I've been feeling a lot of chaotic vibes lately. Oh, I. Mm. I was expressing a theory about this other night, the other night, which is that I think after the holidays, I'm not, you know, this isn't crazy theory. I think it's just consistent. That I think after the holidays, I think January and February, not just because of the weather and the typical cliched things, I think they're bad vibe times.
1: January, I, I've been hearing this, you know, from someone that January is the worst month, and I'm like, well, you're not drinking, sweetie, like... Have a cocktail. It's fun.
0: Um, I think Jan and Feb are both pretty bad because people are coming off a long chain of obligations and a lot of highs, mm-hmm. sometimes lows, but mm-hmm. mostly highs, I think, for most people in the Maybe. aggregate. You know, you're kind of surfing through Thanksgiving. You're going through the busy time at work, and then it's Christmas time, then it's New Year's, and then it's like, oh. And when people finally take that breath, I think everybody starts to while out a little bit. Some people while out in, th- in the like anxiety way,
1: and I just am like, I can finally chill. So I always have the reverse. I'm like, I love January. I can do whatever I want. It's fucking great. January, February, I'm like, Papa's on vacation for two months.
0: Yeah, you know, I kind of feel that way, too. I try to make a deliberate effort during these months, especially because it is wintertime, and you have kind of no choice but downtime anyway. It's not Look, like you're going to go to the park. But you could. You could go ice skating. You know, people like to do that, but what I'm saying is I like to decelerate. And then I like to pick up the pace again. Come like April. Oh, this is when I I mean.
1: I like to emerge as a person because, like, I shut down and just become a you know, you know what? What's the what's that thing in Marxism that's a robot worker slave person?
0: I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know either. Everyone Um, gets it.
1: Pure proletariat, just like worky 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 worky, and then I'm like, woo.
0: January 2nd, no one gives a shit. Well, that's the thing, right? Like I said, decelerate. Yeah. You know, I do still do things, but I like to go into it with an attitude of calm. I don't think you want to set your year off on the on the wrong foot by, you know, unknowingly getting yourself into emotional situations that you can't handle. But I think a lot of people do do that. Uh, and I have, huh. I have a broader topic around this because mm-hmm. I was thinking about this in micro terms, like mm-hmm. in interpersonal relationships. Uh-huh. But then the Chinese spy balloon came. I and do you we remember? About this. Do you remember? Here we go in uh, 2020, right before COVID. You remember when Trump Daddy took out Soleimani? Okay. That was a big deal because uh-huh. we just fucking murked a general from a drone, uh-huh. and people were like, "Uh oh, World War Three Remember, I only have one bottle of wine. Where are we going with this? Uh, just stick with me here. So he murks Soleimani, and then Kobe Bryant dies in that weird helicopter crash. Oh yeah, yeah. And then boom, COVID. Uh-huh. And everybody was kind of feeling the bad vibes. Everyone was like, "Uh-oh, I remember that year starting off like, uh-oh, this isn't good." And you have like weird things happening and the media picks up on weird things and they amplify it, right? Yeah. And then before you know it, COVID, boom. Yeah. And the next mm-hmm. few years of your life are like completely ruined in weird, you know, mm-hmm. you know, just psychologically devastating ways. And I'm fearing that now. I probably oh. have a bias because of the trauma of the the pandemic years. Yeah. But when a year starts off and they're like hmm chinese balloon and i'm like why are we talking about the chinese balloon why is this being amplified i keep having this question we're talking about a chinese balloon because no one wants to actually like pass anything useful and i think on the macro level to bring it back mm-hmm. to the weird vibes i think the news the fake news media i think they like to start the year off making people anxious i like think they eh. like to set the tone like that yeah you know it's it's just the guess, same
1: old shit well it's also all the like tech layoffs everyone's like oh my god Right, so like you know, there's a certain
0: middle class in New York where that is just in a bad mood. Well, the PMC's got the AI coming for them, and they don't like it much. Well, welcome to the club, assholes. I'll still have my job. I'll still have so my fuck job. you. Yeah, you know, but but anyway, I do think that there's something about the beginning of the year that's become mm. very ominous. I don't know if I always thought about it that way, but <sighs> I do think it's always been true.
1: Yeah, I don't. Hmm. I'm, I'm not on that train, and
0: I'm scared. I'm scared for the Ides of March because that's when bad things happen. And now at Davos, they're talking about a giant cyber attack or EMP attack. Everyone's afraid coming. of giant like cyber well, attacks. Well, they talked about the pandemic right before it happened, too, and then it happened. So, well, you know, I trust nothing now. And Yeah, it's 90 seconds to midnight. What are you talking the, about? Oh, exactly. And the amplified media narratives, man. I just I don't like it. Every every time I'm... Wait, are you watching news again? Not really. Hmm. But the fact that I'm not really watching news, but I can't get my mind off the Chinese spy balloon.
1: Listen, when Tucker's talking about Sussiness Pa... What is that? I've been seeing a lot of things he was talk. Was he maybe talking about, like, the Magritte painting? Or was that some
0: something someone made up? It's absolutely possible that Tucker was talking about the Magritte painting. Mm. He's the only, you know, he's the only mainstream uh, news broadcaster that's going to bring any intellect to the people, oh, unfortunately. Geez, I, no. You know? No. You know? No. So... No. He wears a bow tie, man. How you can't argue the with that? The dumbest
1: people wear bow ties. <laughs> I will. Okay, let me posit this theory of dressing. If you wear a bow tie, you want people to think that you're smart because it's a very poindexter-y and kind of uh, accoutrement. Yeah. But it just makes you look like a giant tool. And people are very wowed by simple things because tying a bow tie is no different than tying your shoelaces. But because. Every time a man has to tie a tie, he's like, oh, my fingers are stupid, Um, and a bow tie, fuck off. But you can just tie it like a, a shoestring, and it's fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, I don't think Tucker does the bow tie anymore, and I think that's very strategic. Does he do the relaxed
1: open shirt slutty slutty man? Well, version? here's the
0: thing: on his main cable news show, he does suit and tie now. He uh-huh. does normal clothes. Yeah. But on his um, internet YouTube show, Oy. that you know he'll have like more controversial figures on, oh, then boy. he does open shirt, mm. slutting out because he knows for the web. He's smart. He knows his audience. He knows the the millennials <laughs> okay. and the Gen Zs are going to get on there and they're going to want to see the open shirt.
1: No, no one wants to see his saggy man
0: titties. But then when you get on Boomer Broadcast Network. You know, you have to button up a little bit. The BBC—they want to see it high and tight. Yes, of course. Hey, are you familiar with, with BBC, the banana yes, Bailey am, and, and it scares cream? Me. Oh, well, that—that <laughs> that I know. We all know that, as you told me on the last episode. We didn't need to hear it. Mm. We all know. But are you familiar with the banana Baileys and cream? What? I learned about this from an episode of Summer House on the Bravo oh, network. Jesus but so apparently, hilarious. bros and the Hamptons—they—they they have a little joke about the BBC. And the women all giggle at it because they know it too, and it does not scare them. Believe me. But anyway, yeah, they drink bananas, Bailey's, and cream for breakfast. That's disgusting. And they say, you know, it it saves you from having to eat because it's like twelve hundred calories. <gasps> <laughs> oh. So that's what they do instead of a bloody or a marg or whatever. They're they're that's
1: dis- no one. No. 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 These are not wasps. Obviously. Um. These are not people of taste in class. No,
0: absolutely not. Yeah, okay. No, so. these are these are finance and tech bros that rent oh. a house in the Hamptons that they have to split with like seven people. That's disgusting. Yeah. What is it, Fire Island? Oh, Shit. no, 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 no. Definitely not. There is a gay character on that show, though, which is new for me in the Bravo-verse, Steven. It's run by gays. It's not fair, though, because he doesn't get to bring any boys on the show. He just gets to be the caddy proxy for the oh. all-female audience, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, he's the chorus. Yes. Mm. He's the C-3PO of Summer House. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's canon gay right there. I don't know yeah. what to tell you. Um, oh, God. Um, speaking of canon gays, I finally, you know, we Patreon listen, listeners know we talked about Felix a yeah, while that's back. right. that's right. Finally saw, I went to go see the show. Um, let me tell you, I get the bad review. Yeah. Uh, the little water water pools in the circles that kind of touch but don't really bad a lot of dust on them no one's no one's skimming them so kind of uh i don't know about
0: that well aside from the condition of the work do you have anything more insightful to say because um, i feel like i called this without having to see the show already yeah which it, is just that my opinion was it was a hodgepodge of cash grabbing yeah and there's really no reason that's going to make anything
1: powerful. odds and ends and also like mm, th- these these were never shown during his lifetime or like they're maybe pieces yeah we talked a little bit about and i was that like too. and then you because there's a lot of date pieces you know the vinyl date in italic garamond or whatever um but then there was like 2006 donald j trump i was like this man's been dead way before that so why why is that name in there and why is this year in here and they're like all these years that i'm like no editing these event text things it's bad they added
0: things from the grave they were like he would have been mad about donald trump too Uh uh-huh oh my god yeah i was like um
1: i mean it would have been so sick the billboards look great
0: gonzalez torres like went on tucker if he was, like, a big MAGA guy. I don't think people would know what to do with
1: that. There was a really good interview with that he did uh, for Bomb, I think, that was, like, he was, like, listen, like, I'm just mad in general. I don't really have political, like, alignment, but everybody's doing wrong. So, like, everyone can fuck off.
0: I was, like, good for you. That's a good opinion, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, Billboard's look great. And, like, the drama of them in a black, the uh, black hangar space on 19th, I was, like, oh, this works, you know. That's why I like that one, you know, it's a raw space and it looks everything looks a little bit better there
0: yeah sure Especially it's a throwback some... to a lost time in chelsea yeah
1: and it's something that, looked like that is supposed to be like a, a billboard like outdoors you're like eh, all right fine i give it a pass candy yeah. was bad candy bad candy
0: well it's just candy i don't know i don't care usually it's delicious i, I didn't even know the flavors were different
1: they're all different these were like rectangular licorice I thought it was grape and it started grape
0: and then it it turned real bad and I had to spit it out. See, I love artificial grape, but they can't do that because it's problematic for racial reasons. Why? It would be delicious. I guess that'd be watermelon. But anyway, it's not a Jordan Wolfson. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, fuck. Um, What? You don't you want it? You don't want to eat fried chicken in VR.
1: I'm not going to touch that one. Um i'm just gonna let that one oh hang in the air um also saw some other stuff like what um there's some italian art art of pavera that i was like eh, just expensive now Whatever. like who
0: mario Merz
1: yeah and the boettis and you know some other stuff that i was like eh, it's all right odili show look great i was like ooh, they do look different
0: yeah i think they do i mean i don't do you see them in person i've seen the wood panel ones in person before but not this series Really
1: these breeze blocky looking things are uh, kind of uh do stuff
0: yeah i like what he's done with his forms because he's stuck with the elongated triangles for a really long time you know what i mean The like severely the acute. googie
1: yeah the the googie triangles so yeah. it's nice to see him <clears throat> take
0: the same rules and kind of find something new i think in he it. just
1: needs to move to palm springs and really just like live it
0: you know oh i'm sure most of those works end up living in florida anyway oh yeah yeah palm springs is not in florida but okay Oh, I'm sorry. That's in California. I get that. that I get that in Palm Beach confused, but nope. you know it's really two sides of the same coin. Uh, yeah, you're either a DeSantis person or you're a Kamala person, and that's how it works. So you're either in Palm the... Springs or Palm Beach. You're Pick either your poison's assholes.
1: At least in Palm Springs, you're like, okay, we don't have any kids. It's very quiet. No kids. No guns. Just liquor.
0: That's true. I'm a Palm Beach guy. I think when I retire, that's where I'm going. I'm going Rauschenberg style. I'm getting oh, you getting, I'm getting a little. I'm getting a little house on sticks, and I'm getting fucked up.
1: Mm. I'll be in the de- <laughs> I'll be in the desert baking, absolutely. <laughs> well, that'll frying. be nice. We
0: can we can visit each other. I'm we, not going to Florida. So the, sorry. Oh come on, why not? It's fun down there. There's lots of Cuban homos. <laughs> I don't do
1: well in humidity. You know this. I don't do well. I'm not going there.
0: We can't record this podcast later. <laughs> it's fine. It's really just first uh, thought, best thought coming out. Yeah, why not? That's all right.
1: I mean, you're the one being problematic. It's I fine. Know. Mm, I'm, I know. That's why I'm choosing not to step in it. Yeah. Okay. We'll see how long that lasts. Um, did you
0: see anything else of note on your journey?
1: Um, I would have to... Let me just, you know, fill, you know, vamp a little bit while I uh, unlock my telephone. Hold on.
0: Well, while we're doing show follow-up, I'm very excited to announce that the book did arrive.
1: I know. I was so... I. When I walked downstairs to, to to Gim today, I was like, huh,
0: yeah. what happened? Just and it's re- so early. Just to refresh any on-again, on off-again listeners, I went to a Jules Olitsky exhibition several weeks ago, which we covered at length on the podcast. And at the time, I was talking to an employee of the gallery and Jules Olitsky's daughter, and I was offered a free catalog, which was balked at by the staff. Um, but they took my address and promised to send me one, and we covered this. And, you know, I didn't have high hopes that it would ever arrive. But it turns out it did. And it's a nice old catalog. It's great. Wow. You know? What are you, a Buttigieg voter? No, you, you know high, high you hopes? know what it is. You give, me, uh, you give me shit all the time because I'm on a spiritual path. And I reach out into the universe and I extend my life force to other people. And sometimes they don't return it. But it's in the moments you least expect it. What in it the fuck return. are you
1: talking about?
0: I'm talking about $20 on Venmo here and there. You poo-poo it. You know, I try to help people and they yell at me and then you get a book in the mail as a surprise. That's the treat from the universe that I get. Is a publication. The treat was sprayed family
1: paintings. members screaming at the assistant. Why don't you give it to him? Give it to him. Give it to him. Did you give it to him yet? And then they just get worn down and they say, fine, we sent it.
0: I don't think they ever followed up. I think that uh, I think that this this staff member did this of her own volition. Oh. shouts out Victoria. Two weeks Appreciate later. Appreciate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um you gotta do it when the boss isn't looking.
1: Ooh. So you just wanna you just have to flirt with gallerinas to get catalogs.
0: I did no such thing, you know.
1: Mm. Mm. Sometimes you gotta do a little wink.
0: If anything, it was sometimes her, you gotta westfall hey, it, you it, know, listen, just do a little If anything it was her coming on to me, you know what I mean? I'm yeah. the only person under seventy that's been in that space ever. Yeah,
1: unbutton a button, give a little show. Come so, on.
0: It is what it is. Um
1: saw so Come wizard four twenty sixty nine at Chime Reed. Oh yeah, what'd you think of that?
0: Terrible. Yeah. I didn't even go in the room. I was like this is bad. Oh, I I'm really curious what they look like in real life. Surfaces. I'm sure they're terrible.
1: Oh, I like from 10 paces I was like woof. Um but it was also in a who's that one black and white photographer with like the girl it's, with the cross eyes. It's in the context
0: of a Diane Arbis exhibition.
1: Yeah, Diane Arbis. Which frankly, that's not a bad pairing. It was like retarded children and then that and I was like, Ooh, well
0: it, it does beg the question of, like, what's more exploitative, and in a weird way, I think Come Wizard is less, somehow.
1: But Kaim Reed is more.
0: Yes, correct. So, eh, Just to refresh the listeners, up. too, I, I think we talked about it on the podcast, but I used to talk to that guy all the time online. Why have you not... Get him on the pod? I, I think it's probably too late now. He has a kid now and stuff. He did, like, somebody Wait, else's podcast a, a while ago. Yeah. He reproduced. He did. He did, in fact, and he still lives with his parents as far as I can tell. So, uh, But anyway, yeah, this guy, I don't know. I'm just going to fill in people because I'm, I think people won't know what we're talking about. ComeWizard42069 is an anonymous internet guy. He goes okay. by that name in all contexts. But he started out literally on the ComeTown subreddit as a guy yeah. that posted only screenshots of himself playing the same video game every day. He was like a sad incel pet. For this community of absolute degenerates. Um, but eventually, you know, through, you know, earnest engagement, people encouraged him to get a real hobby and he started painting. And he was kind of famous on that subreddit for a while, then really famous on that subreddit. Then that subreddit got shut down and oh, he yeah. started an Instagram, okay. uh, which really took off. And then after being included uh, by Matthew Malouf in a show at Jenny's, no uh, Jesus. Kyman Reed picked him up and now he's like a serious art world person. It's kind of an amazing trajectory, honestly.
1: So, yeah, I would like a refund please for one one art one BFA.
0: Well, uh, exactly. I've always... Can been, I have one refund, please? I've been incredibly curious who the person at Kyme Reed is that like jammed this through, that sales group what meeting. What edgelord seller is like, fucking love it. Kind of cool. And the fact that they let them do it and like come up with the Diane Arbus pairing, it's interesting. It's a good idea. When I don't... there's
1: like 60-year-old fat white men going in there and earnestly looking at these things, I was like this is just a, I was like I gotta fishbowl this and just watch it happen I'm not going in
0: there was a, a review of the opening for that show that I read oh. which was really interesting it was like some young person that was profiling cum wizard essentially but just what does this opening the look like hey,
1: or what was this uh,
0: I can't remember now uh, I don't know it was an art magazine though it was where you would least expect it. And it was taken kind of seriously. Artnet or Art News? I don't know. It, mm-hmm. But it wasn't like slagging him for being problematic. It was just this profile of how interesting it was that it was this grouping of like stodgy Kim and Reed collectors <clears> throat> who throat> like wouldn't go in the room much like you. And then a bunch of people like me in Kirkland hoodies that are like, yo, bro, I saw this on IG for real, for real, you know? And never they talked to each of these crowds and were like this is probably the most interesting opening i've like ever been to because people are here that don't know anything about art at all and like just like this guy is like kind of an influencer and by the way he's cool because he didn't even go to his own opening he's like got no interest in like being known by his real name great having any celebrity around this it's nice yeah kind of a cool move he's just like a guy he's just like a retarded guy like, straight, like, he is. He's, like, autistic. He lives with his parents. He can't function, apparently, as a kid. That's not great. But, well, dick works. You know? Oh, yeah, hey. hey he's getting it in somewhere. Bully.
1: Um Also, went to... So I'm changing the subject. Sure. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Um, went to the White Columns Open. Because I was like, oh, Rocky has a print and it'll go. None oh, that's... that's still a thing. Oh, and they moved, and they moved far away from where they... Because it used to be like, oh, you can just go to, like, West 4th and then just pop over. It's, like, a block away. I was like, great. And then I was like... Oh, this is not where I remember. What the fuck is going on? White
0: Columns just seems like one of those institutions that I'm, like, shocked to hear still exists because it's like, now that there's an internet, what do you need their flat file and their invitationals and their all this bullshit for? I don't know. That's like an artifact of the pre-internet days that somehow still is here.
1: It's in, like, the lobby of a medical building or a a part... Like, move from that Hmm. nice space on Hudson to, like, this little, like, shithole. And I was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa. What are we doing here on this day? Um... But there was like actually good sculpture and I was like, oh, okay.
0: No, listen, I'm not like making fun of the work that's in it. I think that's all fine. It's just confounding as an entity because it's like a nonprofit. I think
1: old people, the old curators still like have a hang up about like, oh, well, look at white columns. And people still apply to that shit. And I'm like, should I apply to that? I don't know. No, I know. It's like I'm, th- o- I'm old enough to be like, yeah, that was a thing. But do we need it?
0: I don't know. Definitely not. It's like a thing that professors in undergrad and grad school would like, tell you to do. And even at the time, you were like, why? There's Tumblr. Like, why? Yeah. This makes no sense to do that. But I guess people still look. I mean, you know, old people still run the show. So they still go there and they look through things. In fact, I was just told a story uh, by a coworker of mine who had a friend that was discovered that way and now has a quite substantial career. Granted, this was 15 years ago that that happened. Mm-hmm. But okay. yeah.
1: that, was, that was during the time where you, yeah. you, you could get, like, bought out of Columbia. Maybe you know? it
0: still happens. I don't know. But, yeah, odd.
1: Yeah, it was weird. Because I was like, I don't know who these people are. And I'm not going to look at the names because there are no na- no labels. So I was like, well, whatever, it's fine. I just saw some goofy stuff and I was like, oh, you know what? Goofy, weird, like little, little twee things are coming back in a big way, but also goofy, nah. goof troop stuff is coming back. I was like, you know what? I'm here for the goof troop.
0: I don't like either of these things. I'm here. Goofy.
1: There's this one, like, mannequin that has this giant, like, sewn hand that's looking all like, huh, on it. I was like, funny. Didn't really think about
0: it any more than that, but, you know, hmm. it is what it is. While we're on the topic of art stuff, yeah, I listened to a fascinating podcast this week. Mm. I listened to this podcast called Astral Flight Simulation. What the fuck? That That's the guy's Twitter handle. <clears throat> He's part of this like, far-right crowd that I would basically describe as fascists. Okay. The, you know but i am interested in their community because there's an you know there's interesting dialogue going on over there they all do the cowardly thing of being anonymous so even when they have podcasts they go by their twitter handles and like talk to each other in very okay. serious tones and call each other astral or bad or whatever the hell
1: i think everyone needs to log off for 5 minutes touch a lot of grass and just or smoke it at this point i don't know
0: oh i completely agree i mean for me this is just the residual like keeping track of whatever scene is supposedly dominant, but there's nothing more pathetic than like, you know, like what, what do I want to say? Like chauvinist right wing dweebs.
1: Well, the, it also has its like, you know, other lever of like left wing chauvinist dweebs. Like I was thinking, absolutely, yeah. I was like, whatever happened to Chapo? that shit fell off real hard. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was having that moment. The other day I was like, eh. or no, this morning I was like, hmm,
0: well, this is what there? I'm saying too. This is exactly the why dwe- I,
1: internet dweebery yeah. has really just like fallen off a cliff. Well,
0: it, it hasn't. What it's done is go to the right, which is why nobody knows about it. Cause it's, oh. it's harder to find and and ver- much less appealing. Oh, you yeah, know what I'm course, saying? Yeah. Not that it was ever appealing, but it's less appealing than it's ever been.
1: Yeah. Like, so like you're, what you're saying is like the guys still like don't shower and kind of smell, but they smell in the bad way.
0: You, you all, yeah. Or they're right. like you got to be you got to be like jacked, and women just can compl- like they're, they're van- oh they're like Andrew Tatey. They're yes, they're, they're not like... that far caricatured, but they're offensive to most people's sensibilities. So I like I'm mm. not recommending listening to this. I'm just saying, listen. I, I mean,
1: I'm down with like getting jacked, but like not to
0: crush puss. The, uh, right. The reason. It's complicated, but the reason that I like this one is that it's a it's a far-right, like, culture podcast. What they talk about mostly are films like, and philosophy, oh boy. things like this. So I don't listen to every episode, but I check in on it when the topic is good. Oh. And I saw this one, and it was called The Decline of Western Art. Hmm. And I said, KS? okay, yeah. I'm interested in this. This guy has, like, passingly referenced visual art before, but in a way so superficial I had no idea, like, what his stance is and it's not the host um who is the problem here it's the other personality whose twitter handle is tradwestart and i ended up checking this out and this guy is this guy i would describe as a straightforward fascist he bear, he does not veil it and uh aside from that you're really selling it uh, yeah 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 i'm i'm going somewhere i promise you i'm just okay. i'm just i'm just setting the plate here because you got to know all this stuff i'm not trying to like lead anybody it, to it. into promoting this it's just it gets interesting so this guy trad west art he is a guy that basically thinks like the last good art ever made was like roman or greek except he doesn't know anything about art this is what i learned so they start the conversation off and basically the interviewer astral is like hey so what's your problem with he doesn't even call it contemporary. He, he doesn't says, even go to, like, Bouguereau. See, neither of these guys know anything about art. It, okay, it, well. It's It's this interesting, like, avenue into when I listen to, like, podcasts and subjects I don't understand, like, astronomy or, like... Uh, AI or whatever. I'll listen to these things all the time and I'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a really interesting, good point. But if you're a person that's in the field, you probably listen to them and you're like, wow, neither of these people yeah. know fucking anything about yeah. any of this. And like the things they're throwing around make no fucking sense. So this guy asks him, like, what's your problem with modern art? Like Ooh. he doesn't even know he there's a know, distinction yeah, yeah, yeah. between contemporary and modern, right? And this guy goes, well, it all started with a man named Clement Greenberg. And he's like, he what? has an axe to grind against Clemmy. The biggest, you know, fascist of the last 80 years. Ooh, this is why it's so funny to listen huh. to. He is ha- he's like Hilton Kramer. He's mm-hmm. still ha- having an argument from 1947. Is it Jed Pearl. I think it is. Wait a minute. he They said his real name at one point and that sounds right. But I can't remember now. Jed wrote for the nation,
1: I think. Right. Or mm. the ne- the something. He was like the guy who was like, I fucking hate all this. shit." I want to
0: say it was Jed or Jared. It I think cannot it is. Be. I think it is. No. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, i might be it cannot wrong, be right no but anyway this guy was basically like that though he he's one of these guys that's like i consider pollock just a mopping up operation of the school of paris you know but he's not even that sophisticated about it he's like greenberg is a problem because greenberg eliminated all distinctions of taste from art and i'm like did have you ever read no the that's, guy? A, that's a jed thing i think it was this guy dude wow shit and he's no, like, he's, he's, really he's no. fighting Clement Greenberg, and he's like, the whole idea is an that... an old guy or a young guy? Pretty young, maybe oh, then no. 40s, 50s. He wasn't, like, ancient.
1: Just like fifty, But he wasn't that young, yeah, either.
0: Like... Yeah, he might be that guy. Oh, shit, don't. And he might be go anonymously on Twitter as Trad Westard. Shut you don't the wanna, fuck up. You don't want to hear what he has to say about feminism and other topics.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, lady painters. He was always, yeah.
0: But his whole thing is basically like the the development of a style is what you're going for in art. And the moment you hit abstraction, you can no longer do that. He goes on and on in this podcast about how the last great modern artist was Klimt and how Picasso is the real problem here and how abstract painting is just garbage or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, this guy is having a fight with no one. No. Okay. So... Jed Pearl is 72. Oh, it's not him. It's not him. Okay, Okay. great. Because I just looked at a picture of him, and I'm like, eh, he's smarter than that. So this is a Twitter guy with the opinions of a 72-year-old. like 84-year-old. He has no clue what's going on. And so all I'm trying to say is it's just funny to listen to two guys argue about Clement Greenberg in an environment where, like, secretly Clement Greenberg is kind of cool. If if you're, like, a little bit – hey – I'm speaking for myself here. If you're a little bit reactionary and you don't like what's going on, maybe, like, return to the goat. You know what I'm saying? But see the goat? I'm just saying, the you know, return to a time in, in art criticism, art history, and art making when, like, you know, a trajectory was making sense. Yeah. You can set its quality aside and just say, hey, like, at least people there <sighs> had a plan and they were going somewhere. They, were,
1: they had a plan of attack. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying?
0: But then this guy's arguing that, like, hey, this guy's plan of attack is where it all went wrong. And it's like, no, was it? yeah. I don't know. I think it went wrong a lot more recently than that. But you're not ready for that. Who wrote pictures of nothing? Varnado? Varnado. Yeah. Kurt, Kurt Varnado.
1: Yeah. I remember, I, I miss the time when people were like really hyped up and they're like, I might be wrong, but I'm really enthusiastic, you know? Which is fine. I, I love that. Like, because that's like celebratory. Because he was not derogatory towards anything. He was just like, I fucking love it. I'm not going to slag it, but I do have my favorites. And you're like, okay. All right, Kurt.
0: Well, this is the thing I don't like about like most contemporary art criticism, especially, but even contemporary art making is that embedded in it is such a rigorous like Mm self-hatred and like hatred for tradition, hatred for other things like the entire impetus behind a lot of like postmodern art is basically rejection, which Mm -hmm. I think just as a spiritual premise is a bad idea. Yeah. So I'm I'm way into celebration. Yeah. If you you can t- you can talk about whatever kind of art Plus you want. Plus you love Jeff Koons. You, you dude, I love Jeff Koons. There's an amazing thing in the Olitsky catalog mm-hmm. that is a period uh quotation from an article written in the 80s that compares Jeff Koons to Olitsky favorably and says actually they both have the same um aesthetic uh, obsession with taste and bad taste and celebrating it and i was yeah. like that is a very interesting analysis that's insightful. and correct wow. and people in the 80s were calling that shit out so, and i was like that's great who was who did it i don't remember who the author was it was not someone i'd heard of and he and he goes on huh. to say he says you know there's all this um hullabaloo around jeff koons because the uh bad taste superficiality of it is like sort of shocking and uh,
1: the shock of the new or very right. appealing
0: yeah. to people but olitsky gets no credit for being shocking in the opposite sense right. yeah. which i think is v- fucking Very true. right on yeah. point yeah you know i mean
1: i've i i've uh, you see it open over there on, on the couch uh i started rereading the sight of death because i was like you know i think it's time for the, for a, a good old rereading because i love a nicky p i've seen the, i've seen one half of the things sure so i'm like mm, okay let me uh, let me go um and then i was like oh fuck i forgot there's this boring part about th- the boring painting before it gets to the good stuff you know and i was was slipping towards like the later ones i'm like talk to me about the fun shit you know like when he starts researching instead of just like saying like reacting to the room yeah yeah i was like listen don't just stand on the roof going like hey uh you're right uh i don't know lines from the room
0: oh the tommy wiseau room yeah yeah yeah
1: um
0: oh hi mark
1: yeah, hi Mark. I know that Deborah cheated on you, but don't don't <laughs> jump off the roof. There's more to live. Whatever, uh, like he's doing that about the rooms yeah, and the Getty, yeah. and you're like, I don't care. Get to the fun shit. Come on, get get to it. And then I kind of skip, but i was like Ugh, 22 pages in and i'm falling asleep
0: no but i think with something like that you got to stick through the boring parts i think that's really important to get you saturated in the experience of what like rigorous life living is actually like well it, you know
1: i i forgot that part of it is about just like the boredom of viewing the same thing every, and trying and it's just about the two and it wasn't you know part of me was like oh i want to like Learn a little bit more about Nikki P, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I forgot. It's not about that. It's nothing about it. It's about his journey with the paintings. Right. You don't get viewing. to the beautiful
0: payoff where he's, like, thinking about the death of his mother or whatever. Unless, 9-11. Yeah, yeah. unless yeah. You, you pass through the doldrums, you know? Yes. yes. It's very that. And I was like, oh, this is what I was saying about the Ugh. beginning of the year being a chaotic time, man. People don't like the doldrums, but you have to embrace them. I, I think people want to rush into the Ides of March, and that's dangerous. We don't like that. No,
1: you get stabbed. Yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, the doldrums have a, a good use. Like, you get to, like, play a little bit. Yeah. I think you get to play, because that's always been my play period, right? Well, uh, I, you think know?
0: What, I think what you might mean is you get to be self-indulgent. Not in not in the spirit of hedonism like riding a roller coaster or eating a large meal or something. You get to be self indulgent in the most boring things that you like the most. It's time spent in what however you You're want. You're stewing in your indulgence. Yeah. You're not running through it. You know, yeah. Re has been reading the Carl Ove Nau'sgard My Struggle series mm-hmm. and she's on the last book right now. Uh-huh. And she's been really struggling with the last book because he's spending about 500 pages doing like detailed analysis of like Joyce poems and stuff rather than follow the thrust of the narrative, right, yeah. which is this metafiction of his life. And I'm like kind of trying to convey like, yeah, this is but this is probably the best part of the book. Not it itself, but when you get through this, all of it will make sense. Yeah, probably. And there's going to be something at the end of this rainbow that's worth doing. There, I think a skilled artist or author like that is definitely doing that on purpose. I
1: wonder if he's just kind of, I don't know.
0: Well, you know, I I I, I always bring up David Foster Wallace. I think he... of
1: him as like the thinking person's like um, J.K. Rowling, you know, not, without the transphobia. Long books for no good goddamn reason.
0: I don't know. I, I, I think the length of the books is like part of the experience and getting people to slow down and like appreciate like heavy detail is a that's, big part of it. That's some Norwegian bullshit that I can't, you know. I mean, hey, it's just part of literature and it's a reactionary move in an environment where like people's attention spans is less than 10 seconds. Like I right, I think yeah. that's fine and self-conscious, you know. Yeah. So like my other parallel example, sorry to bring up Wallace all the time, but like mm. in, in many of his books, there are um, notorious chapters I've described this before about Infinite Jest. There's one where there is a chapter with no punctuation, no paragraph ba- breaks, in um, misspelled A-A-V-E, and it goes on for like 90 pages. It's also
1: a wink and nod to the Odyssey, the james joyce and kind of well i think that's
0: a trope in literature for sure i'm not like familiar enough with the history of all of it to like really get it i'm sure that people that have read everything are enthralled by this i just get it as like a mechanical device i understand it formally
1: i'm surprised you love big books why haven't you read the odyssey yet
0: um i don't love poetry i i mean i would it's in prose i guess i mean i would i would maybe like the odyssey i don't know it's just you know it's i'll get to it I, I love the classics, too. You know what I mean? In the, Both in the you Greek t- and Roman you sense. you got to
1: tiptoe. Well, not. no, I don't mean the Odyssey in the Homerian Odyssey. I mean the James Joyce Odyssey. Oh, I've read Ulysses. Oh,
0: Ulysses. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You have? Yeah. That's the only Joyce book I've ever read. It was very challenging. I really? Didn't, I didn't like it very much. Yeah. That, I read it when I was in my uh, David Foster Wallace, Thomas Pynchon. Oh, you're like, long deep book It was yeah. kind of the last book of that type of stuff that I read. And it was the least rewarding to it's me. It's not fun. I remember the least about Double it. Dubliners, banger. And it's short as shit. I, I think great. part of it is is just you have to read the type of book that's like that for your time. So mm, like yeah. Karl Ove is good for now. Walls was good for the 90s. Pynchon was good for the 70s. At a, you know, Some people might say Tal Lin is good for now, but those are shorter. I guess. You, you could think, say William Gaddis was the version for the people oh, in fuck the 50s. That. No. But, but what I'm saying is yeah. like for the people at the time, those things are real touchstones because that type of... Um, Gaddis was in the 30s whatever i don't know enough about it but all, all encompassing encyclopedic experiences are really particular to the type of stuff you're engaging with at the time right and the farther back you get in time the least sense it's going to make to you so when you're reading james joyce that's what 1880s 1890s i mean a person that was alive in the 1890s versus a person in the 2000s It's not the same species. It's such a bigger experience of the world, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, like anybody alive at that time that was literate would have read the Bible through many times over. Maybe. So all of these allusions, they would have. Because not that many people could read. Yeah, but in 1890? Yeah. Dude, not yeah, that plenty
1: of people could read. No they couldn't.
0: Like not no. The novel was around for 400 years. Yeah, but that doesn't mean a lot of people could read them. Okay. Well, look at illiteracy rates prior to World War II in the United States. Well, it's I, a massive.
1: Don't talk about America cuz no, we know no one in
0: America can read. Even in the rest of the world. I mean, still in America, the English, liter-
1: you know, they invented the novel. No, the French did. But, you know, the English they really went hard with it. They had at, time they w- draw. What I'm rooms. saying
0: is, it was not a popular thing. If you were an educated person, you were smarter than the average person today, or at least um, more book smart. Let's well, put it yeah, that way.
1: Yeah, they went to Oxford. Exactly.
0: Pe- you know, around since 900. People that could read at the level of Ulysses were not like casual readers. That's true. Ever, yeah. like nobody that read that book until me. Listen, was like some ding dong. There's been lesbians with cats, re- blinders, reading
1: a lot for, you know, many millennia
0: fair enough okay but all, all i'm trying to say is the the very simple point is just that it's you know contingent you got, on yeah. the time. we got to read the boring shit sometimes so back to, to the, the site of yeah. death yeah. Yeah. right like yeah. are you going to read the boring shit or since you've read it before are you just going to skip well the i don't
1: parts? remember my first reading of it because it was oh. so long ago so i'm like oh i i mean but in the rereading i'm like oh fuck i forgot because i remember during the time i was like this is sloggy this is so sloggy this is annoying and it doesn't get fun. But now that like, you know, I've seen a lot of them. I'm like, cause there's so many fucking pusan's in the world. Right. I'm like, I've seen a good number of them. I'm like, Oh fuck, I'm only missing a couple. And one of them is in fucking LA. What a bitch. Um, and it's never there when I'm in LA. How, how that happens. I'm like, how fucking dare you. Um, but I've seen all the other ones. Um, so, uh, I don't know, it's kind of fun. I'm like mm. I'm like I just want to get to the fun part. So I'm like now that I'm a little more invested and have spent more time with more of them,
0: you know. Yeah, sure. It's it's a thing that's probably really worth rereading. Yeah. And you're a fast reader, so it won't be that big of a deal yeah. to just kind of get through it. Twenty two pages was like a half hour. Yeah, that's pretty fast in my book. But uh um, for
1: for those kind of like for that level of boredom, I was like <sighs> Yeah, yeah. A <laughs> church snapped and I was like, "Oh, where am I? Oh, fuck! All right, great." And I was even skipping it. I'm like, "That's an unnecessary detail.
0: Why are you saying that?" No. Well, that's no. what it's about, you know. Yeah, it's an accumulation of things. Yeah, that's you know, well that's nice. I like that. Mm. It yeah. would be nice if you know. I feel like a, almost any good art writer or even just artist, like close viewer, could basically use that premise towards whatever collection or right. artist they liked and it would probably be good
1: well like i i like the idea of it as like uh, uh the reason why i wanted to reread it was because of a conversation about felix and like you know actually thinking about something longer than just like hey, yeah you know like that kind of which i'm very good at of thinking about it for a second going didn't like it whatever moving on
0: um and granted i'm not sure that's a thing you can be good at or a thing that you should be proud of being good at but anyway
1: Oh, no, I'm not. This is why I wanted to read Sight of Death again. Yeah. Because, you know, part of part of this exchange, this project, is essentially a, a long-form sight of death of, like, yeah. co- constant conversation about certain things, right? So, like, you know, whereas that was written around 2001, right? Like, the the idea of meditating on an idea or a set of ideas or a set of paintings or, you know, whatever, takes different forms, right? Sure. It's a different kind of project now. Yeah. Um, and whether that's thinking about, you know, culture writ large or like a set of paintings or an art, you know, an art, how often has Je- so super fans pull all the Jasper Johns quotes and references, right. line them up. It's probably about 32 minutes, right? Yeah. And a whole episode. So like, whatever, like, you know, like there's certain meditations that we do that we don't think about in as intently. As what happens in The Sight of Death with two paintings, right? Right. You know, but it's a good idea to think about that, to use that as a primer for how to organize the world.
0: Definitely. Yeah.
1: That comparing and contrasting is not about comparing and contrasting. It's about intensely being aware of how you view things that you compare.
0: Right because That's a subtle because, distinction because yeah. he
1: starts off with like I'm going to compare it and he's like that I missed the, I missed the fucking mark. Like the first diary entry is is like a or like in the intro he's like I thought it was going to be this. It's actually this. Right. I, I thought it was going to be compare contrast and then do my art history woo woo bullshit on it. But it's actually viewing is so much about me and he, there's this really great line that I was like uh, I'm going to butcher this but it was like paintings have a really good have a great way of getting in the way of their own interpretation.
0: That's interesting. Or
1: no, the experience of paintings is really great at getting in the way of their interpretation. I was like, that's gold. I do understand that in my advanced age that I did not understand, you know, in my youth. Right.
0: Right. Yes,
1: and now I'm like. Oh. Remember how we had that whole
0: extended conversation on the last episode about like potential ways to teach people, and like you were talking about, oh, it would be nice to like project things at the proper size that they actually were, right? You know, I, I think I expressed it partly at the time, but it, I was sort of like just circumspect of that idea because I was like, I don't know, it's just
1: You're like who cares? that's just yeah. size, like yeah.
0: whatever that that that's you're still going to just be interpreting art through reproduction, which is never the same as the experience of the art. But the moment you experience the art, it's, you know, it's sort of best to do that on your own or with someone that's on the same wavelength as you. It gets very vibey and woo because it's just sort of an acknowledgement. I don't think it's really worth like breaking it down. It's sort of the same thing that happens in comedy a lot where like the moment you have to like explain why something is funny, you've kind of destroyed that.
1: But comedians can explain why it's funny and why a button lands and you know like but this... they
0: have the same reservation that i have which is we don't like doing that because even though you can do that uh we want you to experience that not yes. interpret that actively right like that kind of analysis really undermines what being funny with a capital capital f actually is well, which is just you laughed at it right and so when you're trying to make a painting and you and barnett newman says something like you just see it and it and you get it Or you see it, and it hits you. Well, you see it, uh, and then it hits you. It's Uh, so inarticulate, uh, but actually like exactly what it is.
1: And then the button on the top of your pants, because it's resting right below your titties, does hit your viewing companion (laughs) in the eye. They do start bleeding. And that red, that red. You're getting off the impression now. I know. It's just
0: becoming something else. It's fun, though.
1: (laughs) But this, you know, that phrase, however I butcher it, maybe I'll take a photo of the line if I can find it and then put it on the, sure. the Instagram. But like the idea of like paintings getting in the way of their interpretation, I was like, you know what, bitch, you're right. As much as like we can, you know, blah, 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 all the all the time, like objects and the things themselves slap you in the face with their dick and then you go, oh, I forgot. Sorry, all paintings are male. Get over it. No, I'm not going to stand by that. That's a fucking lie. Um, but, you know... Effect still stands. Like, things slap you around. Yeah. In ways you don't expect. Right. So, I don't know. Like, and that was nice to, like, have someone who's an interpreter be like, you know what? Sometimes you just kind of give in and they do their jobs. And you're like, mm, okay, cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to be
1: aware of that and to feel that more than, like, Yeah.
0: yeah I, so, something I think about a lot, though, is that, like, you have to have faith in... You have to have faith in these tautologies, you know, like like when we're talking about things like um, it's also irresponsible just to do that as its own thing,
1: though, to just be like, oh, I'm going to let the painting getting get in the way of like all the time. And it's like, eh, no. Well, this but, is know, how it's
0: misused is people basically people don't take a rigorous approach to tautologies. And let me well, explain yeah. what I mean by that. So, like, when you say something like what you see is what you see. um in a way that's a very profound way of looking at art but um if you look at that through an interpretive lens rather than an experiential lens what you're going to come up with is anything goes which is not the same thing yes yeah, yeah, yeah. No. and i think a lot of people uh end up using end up using w- what in 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 its original form is profound to
1: well it's it's a Clemmy thing again of like, well, it's just good, so good the good taste of it and the its goodness will be, you know. Well I don't even I, I, think, own, I think I you think know. what the
0: reason that I invoke faith is that I don't even think that people want to touch taste anymore as like I like it because I think it's good. I think that uh, there's well. I think that there's this simultaneous collapse of any um any effort at putting yourself out there in terms of judgment because you could be wrong. And there's a collapse of effort because anything goes if you can just take profundity and present it as cliche. Oh, yeah. So no matter what you make, you can use the justification that it's beautiful because I say it is. Right. And say that you can't judge it because quality is leveled. yeah, Yeah,
1: yeah. But that's that old, like... Uh, that's the undergrad like well i think it's good and you're like that belongs in a wine cave bitch no well to so
0: to to bring it back to like the rigor of experience or the difference between experience and interpretation you know i got this quote from anna but frankly i love it. it is just you you need to repeat yourself loudly and often but what that implies i don't think that's hers it's not it's christopher lash but i learned it from her Mm this this is the levels that things work on, you know just gotta that's be why honest I'm like about i don't it. think that's <laughs> it's not um, but the reason that I think that that's an interesting thing is what that implies if you take it seriously is not that just your original opinion is something you should stick to concretely and repeat ad infinitum out yeah. of ignorance. What that implies is that when you meditate on uh certain things that have an impact on you over and over again, and you rehearse them in the form of conversation or in writing or whatever, uh, you will actually understand them better. And so will your audience. Right. Um, it's very useful to be rigorous in your repetitive experience. What isn't useful is having a repetitive experience of, um, dopamine hits. So an Instagram stream right. or a TikTok or whatever. Don't confuse that with looking at something carefully often. That's different.
1: Or episode 26 about fast food drive throughs on the drive-thru Pennsylvania. Listeners, I'm looking at you. We've had four episodes about it. I'm trying to make a meta joke. <laughs> um, but no, you're, you're right. I mean, the, it's uh, it's easy to do all of that kind of conf... Confluencing, yeah um that's why I, I just wanted to go back to the source, and I was like, you know, what? I think it's time I think I think it's time to revisit this, and I have the the tools and the experience of the thing, so I, I should no I think that's one a, should I think know. that's
0: a healthy attitude, but what comes next is also like carrying that into your own life and not trying hey, to yeah. I'm not saying you're gonna do this, but like I think a mistake a lot of people make is that they would read something like the sight of death and then try to repeat the T j. Clark experiment,
1: oh no, I'm not dumb,
0: what you need to. I'm what, not done. I don't have the time, quite frankly. What one needs to do is recognize the valuable parts of that experience for you and make an effort to carry those through in your everyday experience. Right. You know. It can be little,
1: too. Definitely. You know, I I think that, you know, whether that's, you know, rewatching the Lisa sketch on SNL 3 three to seven times to no- notice nuance in, in comedy and how stupid it is and right. how brilliant it is all all you know look it up um, all these kind of things happen around you all the time but just like maybe be sensitive to it maybe that's a a guardian kind of thing of like be sensitive to the little stupidness and just sure I don't know It's not about the doldrums. Doldrums allow you to pay attention more. You know, you're not riding on the high of, like, high sparks and sparklers and bullshit, you know. The glitter and the lights and the magic, that's kid shit.
0: Well, it's hard in moments of high intensity to remain cogent. Critical. Or critical. Yeah. It's hard to have your faculties about you when a lot of new neurons are firing. Well, yeah. And you shouldn't expect that of yourself.
1: Well, hold yourself to higher. But there are things
0: that you can do through your meditative processes to prepare yourself for moments like that so that you remain calm under fire. You know?
1: What is this? Trench warfare now? What the Fuck.
0: Well, I mean I use I use war metaphors because it's a thing I'm interested in. Yeah. That I that I meditate on. I was on trying to I make a joke over keep and light, over again. But okay. Um but you know, that's also just a fucking regular expression, man. But well, any, I don't know. But anyway, um sure, yeah. It's it's just like it it does help. What I'm what I'm trying to subtly recommend to you, probably not so subtly, is just carry these things forward into life. Yeah, not into art.
1: Oh no, I'm not trying to you do know. it. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to take lessons from Sight of Death into art. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Please. I want to. I want to go to MoMA and look at stuff for. T- no, I don't fucking. I don't care, and I don't have a membership, and it's too expensive. So sorry.
0: But like you know, it's the little. Yeah, I don't think you're a simpleton. I don't think that you would do that. No. You know. I, I think I'm it's... trying to put you on a spiritual journey, and you're so resistant. You try to break it through your humor, but you're almost there.
1: Oh, I'm going di- to See, what I would say is that my, you know, clarity comes through reps and Seps. Rats and Sets. Reps and Sets. Fucking Christ. <laughs> Again, I told you I had one bottle of wine. TikTok. Um But, like, there is clarity in the quiet and the repetition. Sure. And you know what? Like, you have to pay attention to Paying attention to even simple counting. Whatever. All that kind of stuff does matter. And it extends to the rest of your life of little things that you notice to pick up on what might help someone else of, like, you know, if I do this, will you be, you know, karmically, will you be better? Great. I don't, I expect nothing paid back. Right. You know. So I do it in my own way. Okay. I'm not sending 20 bucks to some randos. Yeah. But like, you know, being nice.
0: I would concede that my way is a little more schizophrenic. Yeah. No, I yeah. only
1: do it for people that I care about. Yeah. So, you know, self-selecting. But like, you know, it's it's nice to be like, can I think about you in in minimal, minimal way to show a little bit of like, you know, attentiveness uh, that I'm not just, you know buckshotting my way through life mm-hmm.
0: always gift randomly
1: i like doing that it's fun
0: i know <laughs> I'm, I'm referring to the list that we didn't end up talking about oh, there's wait, actually wait. a lot on that that's related
1: well this is a wonderful segue to remind people to subscribe to the patreon because we're going to talk about it in the after show
0: yeah we should just do that now it's late at night this is a shorter ep but that's fine is it it's a I shorter feel like episode, I've been ta- but it checks out i feel like we've been talking for a long time mm, not really but it's all How long? right long 55. Wrap it up. That's plenty.